to Stars, Stones, and Stories. I am your host, Rama, and together we are weaving ancient future wisdom as we birth the new earth. If you're into astrology, cosmology, living mythology, earth-based spirituality, and ancestral healing, you are home. If you've stumbled upon this podcast and are new to these topics, this is Sovereign Sanctuary to expand and deepen your wisdom. As a cosmic priestess, I witness many at the threshold of great transformation. I specialize in astrological divination, sacred site activations, and priestess arts for the Aquarian Age. You may learn more about my work and budding mystery school at earthseedtemplearts.com or follow Earthseed Temple Arts on Instagram. This community is your opportunity to claim your story, your unique identity and power, knowing that you are the hero of your own journey. You are a hologram for the collective and you matter. The world needs your gifts and creativity now more than ever. Crystallize your medicine. Oh, great ancient ones, great ancestors, we call to you. May you hear the voices of your descendants traversing through time and space. We humbly ask for your support, your wise medicine ways, and your genius solutions in these times. Dear ancestors, we wish to partner with you, for we know we cannot do this alone. As we traverse the mystery, we ask that you, our starry ancestors, are with us each breath of the way. May we have clarity of mind and crystalline vision to see through the dark. May we walk our paths of high holy truth, as that is what is needed now more than ever. And so it is. Welcome, welcome, welcome to episode 88 of Stars, Stones, and Stories. It is lovely to circle back up with you all. I have been abroad on pilgrimage, tending the dragon lines, and am now anchoring back home. The eclipse portal is officially open, and I'm just so grateful to be able to circle up with you in this way, to be immersed in the bounty of spring, the song of the birds, the lusciousness of all of the plants emerging, and the rabbits that are living in my yard and watching them have their fun. Sometimes they do the cutest things I've even seen. Two of them high-five one another in the air. So I, again, just sit with so much gratitude for this sacred holy life. And there's something so poignant about pilgrimage and that it gives you this opportunity to have a fresh perspective on life. And it's even more fulfilling, I believe, when one has the privilege to travel to another culture and to experience other people 
and to hear from others and how they're doing in their lives and to see the land in other places and to witness how others tend to the land and how they move about on the land. It's just, it's truly such a gift. And so as I open up today's episode, I'm just really feeling the gift of it all because I have not even been back a full 48 hours. It's been about 36 hours now. And I just kind of hit the ground running, so to speak, in the sense that last night we came together for the Women's Wisdom Council for the Aries New Moon. And then following that, that we came together for a total solar eclipse council. And that was a combination of people in person and online and we were up until 3 a.m. here in, in Asheville meditating, and there were people from across the country. And yeah, it was just, it was beautiful to gather in that way. And I'll be honest, it was challenging having not really recovered yet from my journey, but also just feeling into the sanctity of these eclipses and how important they are and how precious life is for me being in service and helping others to sink into these portals is part of my joy and part of my pleasure. And so for me, it was really fulfilling. And I got a few hours of sleep and I woke up really refreshed. <laughs> I'm just kind of amazed at how refreshed I'm feeling. And as we're circled up for this episode 88, I can't believe this is episode 88 of this podcast it's the year 2023, and it was just about three years ago that I started Star Stones and Stories, and it's been such a journey. I have to say it's quite a feat to be consistent and to continue to put something out, and so I'm grateful to be able to continue to deliver these podcasts, and I'm so grateful for you on the other end who listens, whether this is your first time circled here in Star Stones and Stories or you've been an avid listener, thank you so much for circling up because I cannot do this without you. I mean, I could, but then I'd just be speaking to myself and it's just so beautiful to hear from you all who listen and how you're touched by these episodes and how our lives weave together even when we may not know it. And that's part of the reason why this is Stars, Stones, and Stories because I am so passionate about our starry origins and astrology and I consider myself a cosmic priestess in the sense that I serve a multitude of goddesses and for me, ultimately, the source point is our great cosmic womb of all of creation. And ultimately, I serve her. And the stones, the stones of our earth are what anchor the starry wisdom. And I've been traveling to various stone circles for over two decades now and was just in Avalon and at Stonehenge and Stanton Drew and at Stone Circles and Wales and just so grateful to have that opportunity to touch into these ancient beings. And even when I consider like the stones that have built the Great Pyramid and the temples of Egypt, these stones are living, breathing sentient beings that carry a frequency and carry information for us. Eight is a number. It is a number of mastery. It is illuminating 
your ability to connect in with the master frequency of manifestation. As human beings, we are creators and creatrixes. And eight reminds you of your infinite potential. If you turn the number eight on its side, you have the infinity symbol beckoning to you that you are limitless. And the reality is only you can crown yourself. This incarnation for so many of us is a path of glory to our own inner queendom or kingdom. And I use that word, and I know for some it can be jarring when we look at history and we see how so many with a crown on their head have utilized power and control for domination and exploitation and colonialism. However, a true queen, a true king wears that crown as a symbol that they are in service to the Most High. And it is a symbol to show their devotion because that crown is crowning the crown chakra, the crown chakra connecting to the most high, to our source starry origin points. And we are in a time where many of us are being called to reclaim this wisdom and to really crown thyself. When you add up eight plus eight, you get the number 16, which we can consolidate down to a seven. Seven is the path of trust, openness, and stability and process. It is a deeply spiritual number, a holy number in many ways. Some say it is the key to the third dimensional reality. And within the Great Pyramid, all is divisible by the number seven. The seven Pleiades, the seven sisters, remind me of how on this pilgrimage tending the dragon lines that has just culminated the 16th of April, there were seven of us who journeyed together, seven sisters, and our culmination point was this amazing place in Wales, really beautiful, delightful space. And at this space, seven medicinal springs come together. And so... I wish to take you on a brief journey of dragons and the blue lotus. As I birth pilgrimages, it truly is a birthing process in the sense that a seed is planted in my consciousness and it takes form over time. I might know the location, but I don't always know the exact theme or frequencies and it comes in layers. The pilgrimages for 2023, tending the dragon lines in Avalon and Wales and dream seed incubation with the blue lotus in Egypt came through throughout our time from our last eclipse cycle in the fall of 2022 and that really gnarly Mars retrograde. It was such a intense time for me because the Mars retrograde was on so many of my personal planets and in my ninth house. And so really activating my higher mind and my connection with divination. However, I wasn't able to fully work with the language in the ways that I normally do. And so it was kind of impairing on many levels. Fragments of these pilgrimages began to come together and weave together, but they weren't really making cognitive sense to me. And I knew that the Avalon and Wales pilgrimage was asking for a high magic, mythic Merlin focus with dragon frequency. Meanwhile, Egypt was calling forth a blue lotus frequency. And although I've been stewarding pilgrimages to both of these lands for a number of years, I hadn't consciously worked with either of these themes in such a specific way. 
as always, I trust the process and things have seeded. And as we were moving through our dragon pilgrimage in Avalon and Wales, and it was it was very powerful in the sense that there was such a particular opportunity for each one of us, each woman to really connect in deep with our own personal dragon and to work with this dragon frequency on the land. And as we culminated, I was in London and having my first kind of moment to integrate and to reflect and to just have some quiet time as I am an introvert. And I love those moments after a pilgrimage to just really go into stillness and quiet and to let everything really start to gel. And I was in a hot tub and these jets were moving my body in such a lovely way because I had been driving a van and things were tight and it just felt so good to have that pressure on my body and channels were starting to open. And I had been debating whether or not to take a trip to the British Museum. I think I have gone there every time I visited London. And for me, it's been a place that has felt very important to connect in with the the cultural portals to the spaces and places on our earth. And it's interesting how over time I have a different relationship with these areas within the museum and the museum itself. It's in many ways kind of gut-wrenching to go to certain parts of the museum, particularly the Egyptian part, because having traveled to Egypt so much, I, I do feel that most of what is in the British Museum should be back home in Egypt. And it's hard to see people interacting with these sacred, I don't even want to call them objects, but they're literal portals that have been systematically taken from their origin point. And I do believe that in some way they are still activated. But as I was standing before one of the Sekhmets, there's there's four gorgeous, beautiful Sekhmets in the British Museum. The one, this time, she she looked pretty sad. And it was so hard to not just want to like really interact with her. And I I did end up drawing a little attention by the museum guards a few times. And um, it's just such a shame how we how we interact with what has been left by the ancients. And I do believe it's important to honor and preserve in a right way. And also, I think that we are coming to a time where it's important for these museums to really look at what right do they have to house so many important pieces of history and cultural wisdom and heritage so many far miles away. Like, for instance, the majority of Egyptians will never be able to visit the British Museum. They will never be able to see what lies within those walls that is of their culture. So I did go to the British Museum, as you can hear, and I was given a very particular assignment as I was sitting in that hot tub, and it was to go and look particularly for the Blue Lotus. And I knew, you know, obviously to start with the Egyptian area, but I also knew to continue on through Southeast and the Far East. And and so that happened. And it was amazing to go through with one particular assignment like that. It's not something I've actually ever done in the British Museum. And 
what I saw in the Egyptian section was totally different from how I would normally interact with it because normally I really interact with particular places that I go to a lot in Egypt, like what's there from the Giza Plateau and Saqqara and the Sekhmets, which were taken from the Temple of Mut and other other places. And I mean, it's, it's just crazy to think of how much the British Museum has and and that's what's on display, right? Like there's so much more. And I also always think of Om Seti when I'm there as well. And just, I can only imagine what it was like through her eyes to have that experience at the British Museum so many years ago. And as I found myself moving into the Southeast Asian and Far East section, I came across this amazing tile. It's quite large and it's four rows of tiles and they are called, I'm trying to remember the, the precise name, but basically these ceramic tiles have dragons and blue lotus on them. And my mind was just blown because this year, the two pilgrimages that I have been attuned to deliver are focusing on dragons and blue lotuses. And I've never seen them together like this. And this group of 20 glazed ceramic tiles is from the Ming dynasty in China from the 15th to 16th century. And there's just these beautiful four dragons, lots of blue color, a little bit of yellow, and there's flowers, and they're blue lotus and peony. And it's even more striking to me because right before I left for the Tending the Dragon Lines pilgrimage, I transplanted two peonies in the front of my house. <laughs> so... This is this is the work. This is how we listen to the voices of the other world and we follow the guidance and the direction. And eclipse season is here. The eclipses are here. We have entered in through the consciousness of the dragon's head as we have just been through the total solar eclipse and the new moon in Aries at 29 degrees 50 arc minutes Aries and on the 5th of May, Venus Day, we have our prenumbral lunar eclipse, a Scorpio full moon at 14 degrees, 58 arc minutes. So we are very much anchored into this dragon frequency, this dragon consciousness. And for so many of us, there are these parallel worlds that are just opening and unfolding. And now that Pluto is in Aquarius and Saturn is in Pisces, our experience of time and energy and speed and space is in a format we have never experienced in our human condition. And I invite you to really find the beauty Find the joy, live your pleasure, bring bliss, consciousness into your life. Give gratitude for what is working and give gratitude for what is coming your way. I guarantee you as you work with this frequency more and more, the miracle consciousness will seed within you and like a string of pearls, your life will make so much more sense than it ever has before. You will see how eclipses bring truth, truths that are here to ultimately serve you. 
Dragon frequency, it is mighty. It is all about sovereignty and right action. And it's fierce. And we all, from time to time, have sober truths we need to face. However, as we're willing to allow and to dive into what may be uncomfortable on one level or another or inconvenient, we can open up like this multitude of gifts that you just never knew was available to you. So I really believe in the medicine of these eclipse portals. They're very intense from time to time. And many of us struggle with change and transformation. We on some level want it. However, there's such a fear in letting go and allowing. And eclipses just come in with such a brute force that you have to surrender. And that's just the reality of it. On this Venus Day, Friday, the 21st of May, Mercury shifts retrograde, officially beginning the psychopomp journey, stationing at 15 degrees, 37 arc minutes Taurus. Mercury retrogrades three to four times every year. So these are natural ebbs and flows of creation. I am a professional astrologer who actually really appreciates retrogrades. And I believe a lot of astrology hypes them up in a way because it sensationalizes life. And many astrologers, we tend to be a little dramatic. You know, we like the theater of life. However, given that, I think it's important. Retrogrades give us an opportunity to really reflect in our lives. However, they're not like something we have to fear. We don't have to freeze the way we we live in, in life. That being said, I, I never would recommend marrying within a Mercury retrograde portal or a Venus retrograde or even a Mars retrograde. So as Mercury is stationing retrograde, Mercury becomes the psychopomp. And psychopomps like Isis, Thoth, Tehuti, Hecate, they are known to guide the souls of the dead. And in addition, they have this ability to bring messages between humanity and the realm of the gods. So I encourage you with this Mercury retrograde in Taurus, check out where this energy of roughly 6 to 16 degrees Taurus lives. And that is going to show you where you are being encouraged to review and refresh and rewrite your own consciousness, your thoughts, and your values on how you communicate, how you connect to the earth, and to allow yourself to persevere with compassion and grace. Retrogrades are very potent shamanic portals, and with this retrograde in Taurus, you're being asked to gauge how you tend to your resources, including our earth, our most valuable collective resource. The dance between ether and matter has the potential to come into holistic integration. And you may affirm, I evolve with new life. And as you find your way through the path of love with this Mercury retrograde, the next day, Saturday, the 22nd of April is Earth Day. Honestly, I, I have a hard time with these days like Earth Day and Women's Day and it's just like, why isn't every day a holy day for the earth? 
that should just be non-negotiable. And I invite you on this Earth Day to really connect in with Mother Earth and give gratitude. Earth is the cosmic energy, the divine spirit, where you live as a seed of life, where you are able to express your unique individual being. We are children of the earth as much as we are children of the stars. Earth is the foundation upon which you identify yourself and another. Earth is the mother and the father where every being finds a home no matter what. All of us, all of us belong here on this planet. All of us have a right to be here. And Mother Earth, Father Earth, Tingan and Tembalu, as given through Dagara land in honor of my mentor, Elder Maladoma Sume, Tingan and Tembalu offer you a lap, a lap to call home, a lap to cry upon, a breast to be nourished. We all need comfort. We all need care. Every human being, every being deserves to have nourishment and warmth, comfort, clean, pure, live water, vital, rich, healthy foods, a wild abundance of connection to our Earth's ecological vitality. May the generations to come honor and respect our Earth even more than how we were raised and how we were taught. Many of us were not taught. We were raised a lot of unconscious energy around our connection to the earth. And each one of us, we have the power to change that, to shift that narrative in this eclipse portal. Particularly, you have the ability to shift any narrative you are called to within your own coding, your own DNA genetic coding. What are you willing to shift in honor of your connection and your appreciation and your love and your devotion to Mother Earth? On this day and every day thereafter, may you celebrate the radiance of our Earth, for she knows your name, your passions, your joys, your fears, your worries, your dreams, your desires, your quirks, the things you think you hide from everyone, Mother Earth knows. And she continues to provide for you nourishment, support, comfort, empowerment, creativity, and so much more. So give thanks and praises for this sacred life and this beautiful planet we get to call home. Even for those of us who sometimes feel alien or foreign here on this earth, the earth, she knows you and she respects you and she loves you. And as we come to Thursday, Jupiter Day, the 27th of April, we arrive at the first quarter moon, 7 degrees, 21 arc minutes of Leo. This is giving you an opportunity to act and build upon your seeds of potential, your dreams and your intentions that you planted with the second Aries new moon of the year, with that total solar eclipse. And as the moon's light is steadily increasing, the momentum is strong and forceful, Harness the passionate, heart-centered, and confident frequency of Leo to take, to claim your regal throne. Crown thyself. Allow any crises that you're dealing with, any obstacles that are before you, see them as an opportunity to move with grit so that you may rise to any occasion. Anchor your strong roots just like the tree of life does and extend your beautiful branches out 
so that you may be a channel for the divine energy that wishes to flow through you, through your veins. You may affirm, I encompass all realms from the roots of the heart of the earth to the heavenly glory. I will. As you find yourself maneuvering through this Ostara Beltana eclipse portal, you may find yourself time bending. Allow yourself to ride the natural waves of inspiration. Instead of forcing things, notice where the energy comes to life and ride it. Ride it like the dragon's back. At times you might find you can achieve three weeks worth of work in just a few hours if you really sink into the natural flow of energy. And you have this ability at any point to notice what consciousness is no longer working for you and to identify the timeline you wish to live within, that you wish to move into. Allow yourself to shift your vibrational state to match that timeline and hold it. Lock in the frequency. Even when challenges arise, let them flow through you and then just continue to hold that frequency and take action by action, step by step, as an expression of the new timeline. Persevere. This year of 2023 in the Dagra cosmology is a year of nature. A year to celebrate transformation through the realms of magic. Nature teaches you how to welcome change with grace, to be the standing tree next to the flowing waters. Utilize this Taurus season to honor the beauty of nature even more than you already do. Allow yourself to sing, to dance, to be mesmerized, to fall in love with the fertility of the earth. Find inspiration in the cycles of life and death, of womb and tomb. Play, be in your pleasure, be in your joy. Unite with the earth's guardians. Give offerings to the devas, the little people, the contomble, the elves, the trolls, the gnolls, the gnomes, the unseen ones, the dragons, the great elemental mothers, all that tend to the earth. Bless the archetypes and the architects of the divine. I invite you to continue to flow with me over to my YouTube channel. I have a new Starseed Wisdom Council that you may enjoy diving in with me there as I interview various people every month. And if you'd like to go deeper with these transmissions, I invite you to step within the inner council of Ma Magic. We will always explore the themes that are opened up in these Star Stones and Stories episodes in greater depth. I have a few events coming up in May that you are invited to. On Friday, the 5th of May, we will circle up for the Scorpio Full Moon Eclipse Council. That's on Venus Day. It will be in person in West Asheville, but also online virtually throughout the entire duration of the eclipse. This is such a powerful way to do some massive clearing of karmic ghosts and ancestral health within your lineage. On Sunday, the 7th of May in West Asheville at West Asheville Yoga, I'll be offering a workshop from 6.30 to 9 p.m., Stoking Your Creativity with the Great Attractor. And then on Thursday, the 18th of May here in Asheville at my temple home, 
will gather for the Taurus Dark Moon Women's Wisdom Council from 7.30 to 9.30 p.m. Finally, on Monday, the 22nd of May, you may join in for the Discover Your Soul Purpose Astrology Workshop. It's from 7.30 to 9 p.m. and it's live taught online virtually. It will be recorded, so if you're not able to come on live, you can receive the recording I'm going to share with you some very simple techniques that I utilize in my astrology readings that helps you to just immediately hone into your soul purpose as you look at your birth chart. Finally, if you wish to pilgrim with us in Kemet in Egypt this summer solstice, 9th through 24th of June, take a look at my website, earthseedtemplearts.com to discover more about dream seed incubation with the blue lotus. We have a couple more spaces available and are seeking high caliber sisters to join our council. Many blessings to you and yours on this potent eclipse journey. May you ride the dragon's back with ease and grace. May there be peace to the east, south, west, and north, deep into the heart of mother earth extending out into the cosmos and threading back into the center sacred chamber of your heart blessed be Ashe. thank you so much for sharing sacred space i invite you to dive into my offerings of alchemical astrology mystery school teachings and global pilgrimages at earth seedtemplearts.com. Ensure you are receiving my weekly Venetian love notes delivered each Friday to your inbox and you can sign up for those at Earthseed Temple Arts. You may follow me on YouTube at Earthseed Temple Arts, Instagram at Earthseed Temple Arts, and also at Stars, Stones, and Stories on Instagram where you will receive regular insights and updates about our current cosmic weather. My prayer is that you fully awaken to the reality that you are a hologram for the collective. By being fierce in your authentic truth, you have the opportunity to elevate life on this exquisite planet Earth. Crystallize your medicine.